Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. This is part two of a preach on favor, the keys of the kingdom. We are locking the keys. The last couple of days, we've been at a leadership camp. Uh, Camp is not maybe the right word. (laughs) Yes, hang out. It's better. It's better. Probably put on a couple of kilograms. Suck it in for the camera. Um, And it just, I was amazed. Just that time of fellowship together. You know, for five months we've been disconnected through COVID. And we haven't got together as a group. And we could pray and we could get each other's hearts. And... I'm amazed because um, all of us are a little bit flawed in some way or other. But none of us are disqualified. So none of us are disqualified. And I'm really, my heart's desire here is to see the church rise up from passivity into the full inheritance of what God has called it to be, how he sees it. He sees you as an incredible mighty warrior standing and taking the kingdom forward so Steve sends his greetings and Jan is overseas she also sends her greetings Steve is is meeting with all the pastors from the Durban area over the next couple of days so he's still up in Amschlange they're meeting in Amschlange and um, he hasn't come back yet and um, we're going to go straight into it so this section last time we dealt with favor and this time we're looking at why we have favor so much yes we have favor because God just loves us (laughs) I can't really say anything else (laughs) there's an eternal truth eternal truth this is an eternal truth oh wow I mean imagine opening up like that this is an eternal truth you get truth you get some truth then you get like eternal truth the eternal truth, and I, I said I would improve my preaching by not wandering around the stage and staring at the boards. <laughs> when the time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything. I'm going to read from here. Should have brought glasses, eh? <laughs> I'm going to jump ahead. You can go directly to the Father. And you can ask Him for anything. Ask Him for what? Anything you desire, you desire. We talked about desire last week. So God places in you these desires of his heart as you abide with him. And so you are joined because now you can freely ask. Because you and the Lord are one. And he will give it to you. Okay, this is an eternal truth, by the way. Okay, we're talking eternal truth here. Anything you ask. Because of your relationship. So it's relationship-based. And we cover this. So this is a summary just one verse that summarizes, could have maybe just started this verse last week, eh? Um, until now, you've not been bold enough to ask. So, Highway, up until now, some of you have not been bold enough to ask. You feel disqualified, maybe. Like the disciples, you felt you've betrayed Jesus. When the cock crowed a couple of times, you bolted. <laughs> and you felt disqualified. 
that you are not disqualified. That's a lie of the devil to keep you out of action. And he does quite well by telling you who you are in his eyes. Not who you are in God's eyes. And so, enough to ask, you've been, not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name. So Jesus speaking to his disciples. But now you can ask. Now you can ask. Now you can ask. And keeping, keep on asking. When last did you ask God for stuff? And really just believed in your heart that, hey, you're my father. <laughs> you love me. I can ask for anything. Lord, this is my heart's desire. Okay, your heart's desire might not be a Lamborghini. That might stretch it. But when you're spending time in God's presence, often it's not the Lamborghini. That is your heart's desire. You, you, you connect in the spirit. And then that gives you a freedom to ask and ask. And you can be sure that you will have received what you asked for. Okay, and this is an important scripture. Your joy will know no limit. Your joy will have no limit. And I really felt that we were in prayer this morning, that we're entering into a time of joy. And joy comes through many things, through the presence of God. But joy also comes from knowing that if I ask God, He's just going to answer. And when you see that fruit of that, joy comes knowing that I am a child of God. He loves me. And I'm qualified in his eyesight. And so with that, it's very powerful. comes joy. This is to set you free. This is to set you free. I'm going to go into the Old Testament and just plow through it. There are, I love the Old Testament. I love reading the Bible and getting a context of how God works through the ages and displays his character. Now this is an important verse. It was faith that immersed you into Jesus, the anointed one. All these scriptures are from the Passion Translation, by the way. The anointed one, and now you are covered and clothed with his anointing. Okay, so this is Jesus speaking over you. You are covered. Receive this word. You are covered with his anointing clothed with his anointing. Just receive it. Don't say, Lord, are you speaking about someone else here? <laughs> He's speaking to you. We are no, and we no longer see each other in our former state. Jews or non-Jews, rich or poor, male or female, we are a common culture. We had a nice talk about this yesterday. <laughs> because we're all one through our union with Jesus Christ. No distinction between us. Okay. Now verse number 29. And since you've been united to Jesus, the Messiah, you are now Abraham's child. This is an important point I need to make. And you'll see on the next verse. And inherit all the promises of the kingdom realm. Okay. We are inheriting all the promises. Okay. What promises are these? Okay, I'm going to take you to one of the main promises of Abraham. And this is going to hopefully knock you off your socks. Genesis 12. The Lord speaks to Abraham and gives him promises, which we have inherited as Abraham's seed. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. 
Okay, so what is the promise? I will bless you, says the Lord. We have inherited that promise. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. That's a promise. You will be a blessing. Okay, so we've just heard that we've inherited this promise from Abraham. We are his seed. And with the full inheritance of these promises, we are blessed to be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Oh, good luck to anyone who comes against you. Good luck to them. You're feeling a little bit oppressed in the workplace right now. You don't need to fight your battles. Are you feeling a little bit down? Sorry for you. Get rid of that inferiority complex right now, please. Because that's who you are. You've got God on your side. Now stop feeling sorry for yourself, Christian. Enough of this, please. That's not who you are. God is on your side. And all people on earth, not some people, all people on earth will be blessed through you. This is not just to Abraham. This is the blessings and the promise that you inherited as Abraham's seed. Maybe I should just stop there. But I'm going to continue. <laughs> the wrath of God. I actually, when I googled this, I was looking for a picture of an angry God. I actually felt like crying when all the pages came up of the wrath of God and how angry he was. I got quite emotional about it. Saying, is this how the world sees God? Honestly? We're in a time of grace. So, do you think, here's a question, do you think Jesus was judged enough for sin? Do you think that God held back some wrath? Did he keep any back? Just in case. Okay, it's an important question. Because I think sometimes we believe that God only put some of his wrath and he's keeping some wrath back. Jesus will judge again at the end times. But we're not there. We're in a time of grace. God held nothing back. He gave, he poured everything, everything onto Jesus who died with it at the cross. That's quite significant. Romans 5 verse 9 says, And there's still much more to say of this unfailing love for us. For through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration. You are now righteous in my sight. Okay? That's why you're qualified. You're righteous in my sight. We said that. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. Okay, that's quite, you will never experience. Okay, I need to say these things again. You will never experience the wrath of God. I'm going to make an important distinction here. When Jesus came, he gave his disciples authority. What was that authority? Was that to go out into the nations and find sin and deal with it? Was it to look at people who are sinning against you and point them out on their sin? I'm guilty of this. I look at some former politicians that have influenced my life and I've judged them harshly. And I've been angry. And I've prayed for wrath to come down. 
<laughs> but that's not how Jesus operated. When Lazarus was in the tree, Jesus called him out of the tree. When the woman was at the well, Jesus didn't point out her sin. He called her out as a person and dealt with her gently. We're not here to judge the world. We're here to take dominion over the demonic. We're not here to say how bad you are. We're here to speak to the spirit behind that thing. So in South Africa, for example, there's a spirit of poverty. We command that thing. We break it. We take dominion over it now in the name of Jesus. So behind this is the spirit of poverty, and that's what we're fighting. We're not fighting the people that are stealing. They're stealing because they believe they don't have enough, and they'll never have enough. But behind it is a spirit of poverty that says, I've never had enough, and therefore I need to take. We've got to fight the spirit, not the people. There's consequences for sin. There's, let's, let's, okay, let's just deal with that. You step out of line, there's a consequence. But the wrath of God is not on sin. It was dealt with. That's quite challenging to get your head around. And so we are, set, we are, we are brokers of peace. We're in a ministry of reconciliation. We're here to tell people that God is no longer angry with you. I mean, what is the message that we are saying? When I started, <laughs> became a Christian, I was hardcore. I would go and I'm 3.23, for all have sinned. And there's nothing wrong with that. That we need to know, we need to come to a point of repentance. But if that's all that people know, is that if you don't turn, you burn. What does it say about the God that we represent? So there's the dichotomy here. We are, we are selling two different things. Not that we're selling. But we are, we are not portraying God, who, the God of the Bible that loved the world so much that he gave the dearest thing that he held so dear and sacrificed it for the pleasure of seeing us come to him. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world. Not just Christianity. Not even keeping a record of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are ministers of reconciliation. We open the door for the world. You know, we hold these keys. One of the keys is we are ministers of reconciliation. Come in to this kingdom. You are reconciled with God. He's no longer angry with you. You will remember your sins no more through Christ. I've now completely lost my place over here. Never let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. So often we fight fire with fire. <laughs> Don't you know what my God will do to you? <laughs> Whereas Jesus loved people into the kingdom. I'm a work in progress here, guys. I cannot preach this word and say that I live this life. I'm working on it. The Lord is working inside of me, transforming me daily into his image. I want to talk about testimony. 
what is our testimony? 2 Timothy 1 verse 8. So never be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor be embarrassed over my imprisonment, but overcome evil by the revelation of the power of God. Okay, there's a short little story here. When I first became a Christian, I was, I really struggled with this. I was at university. I had been quite relatively wild initially in my first year in terms of sort of maybe drunken debauchery, things like that. So I had maybe a bit of reputation. You know, I came born again in second year. I might have told the story before, but anyway, I'll go for it again. I, um, I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, give me boldness. I want to have boldness because I really feel I've got this gospel inside of me. I've got the burn and burn one, by the way. And um, I want to have boldness and courage to share it. And I'm like really feeling timid in this. And they're like, I'm surrounded by my, the oaks who knew me, you know. And I'm, I'm struggling with this image issue. Okay, so the Lord said, okay, no problem. I'll sort you out. So I was put into leadership with the local church. It was his people at the time. It was a pastor's ministry. And they said, we are going to do a praise march through the center of the university during the lunch break when all the students are out on campus and you will lead the procession. I said, thanks, Lord. I didn't really need that lesson right now and I didn't think you were going to take me quite that literally. And there I was, toy-toying in front and if anyone knows, the gorgeous girls will know that I probably wanted to crawl under a rock and die. So the Lord wasn't satisfied, and the next year they did the same thing and put me in the front again. So, be careful what you pray for. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for teaching me boldness. I didn't quite anticipate that was going to be the way it was going to go. Anyway, Revelations 12, verse 11. They conquered him completely through the blood of the Lamb and the powerful word of their testimony. And they triumphed over because they did not love and cling to their own lives, even when they faced with death. So, I want to talk about testimony quickly. What is testimony here? You know, when I became a born-again believer, first of all, the testimony I had was, the Lord has saved and the Lord saves. And Jesus is the only way, the truth and the life. So that was the testimony that I had. But on our had a revelation on this issue. Well, I'd like to believe I have. <laughs> your testimony is about the favor of God in your life. This is how we overcome. I started life, married life with nothing. Now I'm quite wealthy because God has favored me. He has favored me. I came from a broken family have a family because of God's favor over me. I was so timid as a young adult that if a pretty girl walked towards me, I would cross over the street onto the other side because I couldn't even walk past someone that was might be mildly attractive. I was so shy and here I am preaching. Because of God's favor over my life. God takes us on a journey and transforms us by his favor and his pleasure. Your testimony is what he's done for you. 
And don't tell me he's done nothing. Otherwise, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. Okay. I know you've got a story to tell. You've got a testimony of how God has been good for you. Maybe in lockdown, God has been good. But that testimony overcomes the enemy because it actually says this is who God is to the world. This is who my God is. We are called to call out Christ and call down blessing. That is your ministry. So, 2 Corinthians 5.16, this is a paraphrase. We are looking at the heavenly image. Christ dwells within us. He dwells within everyone of us, born-again believers, and the world that haven't committed their lives yet. Because the favor of the world is over everyone. And God looks at everyone that none will perish. And so instead of judging sin, we need to call Christ out of people. That is not who you are. This is who you are. This is who Christ has made you into. And this is how God sees you. That is the testimony. And this is what God is doing for me. Because he loves me and I'm favored as a child. This is the power of my testimony. We, we call out Christ, and we, there's an open heaven above us. In the first sermon I preached last week, I talked about the favor, that is unmerited favor, pouring down. But we don't ask. We don't ask. And the asking is for ourselves, and the asking is for others. So, during lockdown, I was challenged because... I was isolated in the house. Not that isolated, but there was little communion with other believers, and I got really battling with what is my purpose as a Christian during lockdown? What should I be doing? So I thought, well, the Lord is with me, and this is not a great testimony, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> Bear with me. But I said, I'm a Christian. I have should just by who I am, make a difference to those around me. So I decided I was going to take a couple of little baby steps of faith. Excuse my immaturity. This is actually probably where I'm operating. So I started making an effort to call my neighbors on either side of the house. And we went and mowed the one neighbor's lawn, an old guy living by himself with his young daughters, and the grass had grown to some of that eye. And you lost the dog when it ran into the garden. So we, we said to him, we just pitched up one day and we started mowing his lawn. Ooh, yeah. And he came out and we suddenly we got talking. We got, and we got like bonded, man. I can call him up now tomorrow. Just an act of random kindness. How can I bless those around me? Because I am blessed. Other neighbor, yeah, I phoned him up. Whatever you need, whatever you need, you can take it, man. Borrow it. If you, you want to go camping with your kids in the back garden, here's my tent. Use it. Yeah, and then I had a, one of um, my friends lives down at the bottom of the road, and he sort of lost his job in COVID. And I said to him, I'm going to pray for you, and you will be blessed. You will be favored. Because God answers my prayers. And he is now solid. You know, he's, he, is, he survived through this COVID. And I believe that it's because I have favor that I can impart. I have never done without why should anyone else around me do without? Because we are here to call heaven down. In heaven, there's no lack. So why should there be lack here? But I just haven't asked. Now I've got it already. But 
surely if I've got it, I can give it away. Surely I can give it away. Otherwise I'll just keep it for myself. And what good is that? So, the ex-church, ah, this, these verses always, growl is not the word, but they always leave me wrestling because I don't see it yet in the way that I read it. But it's, it's okay because we're on a journey and it is the Lord who's building his church. But I want to show you something. Acts 2.42 now, let me read it from here so the poor cameras can have a chance. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So there was power moving here. The Holy Spirit was moving in power. They broke bread. I'm going to jump ahead. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So there was community and fellowship and community. Praising God, enjoying the favor of which people? Wow, all, all people. Uh, okay, if I become a Christian, I'm going to weird and no one's going to like. When you're a Christian and you're actually operating in power, the world doesn't have an answer for it. They can see that there's something different and they can't discredit it because the blind see, the deaf hear, and the lame walk. You know? The Lord added to their number annually. No. (laughs) Daily. When there are people that are bold in their identity and they understand who they are and they are calling down blessing and they are stepping out in power in faith, it is very attractive to the world. It is very attractive. You are going to be persecuted, by the way. Sorry, I hate to say this. Okay, let's just get that out. Because straight after this, persecution starts in a big way. There is a threat to the spiritual realm. Heavens, you can't go stealing people from hell now. That would just not be fair. So, there is a very attractive gospel. because And the apostles perform many signs, wonders, and miracles. Some people would lay out folk on the ground, and if a, sh- I think it's Paul, uh, Peter's, Peter's shadow went fire, they just were healed by the shadow. By the, no, it says by the power that was emanating from him. What is that power? That power is it's Christ in him, having the freedom to operate <laughs> in a sense. Believers were wonderfully united, and they met regularly. No one dared harm them for everyone held them in high regard, favor of man. They had the favor of man. And many of us do stupid things because we want the favor of man. So we'll go out and get drunk and do other things because we're trying to impress our friends. We're looking for favor. If you want to get the favor of man, just start raising people from the dead. <laughs> yeah, someone's going to like you. Preferably be the guy who you raised from the dead. <laughs> He'll like you. I want to come back to the word. I'm going to finish off now. Okay, this is a... I'm going to throw this out as a little bit of a challenge. I need to finish quickly. We, some, I'm going to encourage you to read the Bible. Because if you don't 
understand certain things, you're going to be disenfranchised. It's going to limit you. So if you haven't read your Bible and you don't know God's character, then the character you portray is going to be skewed of what God really is like. I'm not going to even read the verses. But the Lord is so kind and... I just read the verse. The Lord is so kind and tender-hearted. But that is God's heart. Now, you don't get it if you don't read it. God's promises. You don't understand the promises. For all of God's promises find their yes and fulfillment. They are fulfilled in Christ. You don't get them if you don't know what the promises are. God's plan through Jesus. You don't get it if you don't know that God's plan was this from the beginning before time began. God's plan is mapped out in the Bible, clear. And God's approach, the Holy Spirit. This is how I'm going to transform you. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he will make you transform into the image of Christ's likeness. Okay. So I gave you the Bible in one page. But it shows God's character, his will, his plan, and how he's going to do it, his approach. All through that. And if you don't know that, that thing, it's going to, you're going to be a little bit disenfranchised. Okay, good question. What if my experiences do not align with God's word? And I'll put, so, so Richard, you're preaching fantastic things here, but I'll tell you what happened. You know, my dog got run over, and then this happened, and, and I'm not going to take away from your experiences. But don't match them up against, say, this is not who God is because this is what I experienced. So God is not this for me. So I hear what you're preaching, but that actually is not what I experienced. And I'll tell you something, Joseph didn't think, <laughs> when he sat in prison, <laughs> he also didn't know where he would end up. He didn't understand that even though he was in prison, he still had the favor of God. When Esther had this decree that all Jews would be killed by the mandate, and they were free game. You can hunt the hunt, what hunting games or whatever, hunger games, open season on Jews. I mean, she was like, God, <laughs> do Jews really have your favor? But there was a promise over the Jewish nation that God would net, not forsake them when they were in captivity. And Abraham, the guy that we talked about right in the beginning, who was blessed to be a blessing. I think he gave his wife away, not once, but twice. Uh, <laughs> tempting as it, okay, say, I love you, my darling. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> his experiences didn't necessarily align with the promise. You know, he was like quite old in the dust before, you know, and because of his lack of faith, his failing, because he couldn't align his experiences, he had an Ishmael. So he said, God, you made this promise, but you actually haven't come through, so we're going to make our own plan. And so we get, I mean, I think sometimes our biggest challenge is, is just patience. You know, we get fearful when we just don't see an answer to our prayers. And that can disqualify us. Not, no, sorry, that, take that back, erase that. We're not disqualified, ever. What it does do is it does put other things into motion that now God's got to repair. Okay. He still comes with his promise. Okay, and I want to, so to close, God's favor. Oh, heavens, there's the word error there. God favors us because we are his children. 
God favors us because we are his children. We are blessed to be a blessing. We show this, we show the world the goodness of God. And I'm going to offer three ways. Through grace, love and acceptance. We don't judge them, we call out Christ. This is who you are. Stop doing that, man. Now, go and sin no more because that's not who you are. You know, the woman who was about to be stoned, Jesus loved her. Through testimony, you know, our testimony of salvation and blessing. God has blessed me. I have favor. It's for you to take and receive. That's how we change the world. And through faith and power, we have power. We can speak those miracles that we read about. You are empowered to do that. I'm not special, but I am special. I'm special because I'm God's child, and he's given me that authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick. The world sees what this kingdom has to offer, and they come running. Not everyone. Some come kicking and screaming. But um, it is attractive when we step out in faith. And our experiences are not necessarily truth. Biblical truth. Don't mix up the truth of what's behind something with your experience at the time. Because then we have to go back to the Bible and tear out Moses' experiences. and That's not what they experience. That's why it helps to read your Bible. Because then you see how God works. You don't judge him. That he hasn't come to the party. I asked you and he didn't deliver. Okay. So I'm going to end there. But I want us to pray. We are running out of time. I would like you to stand in this time. I'm hoping that this word has set you free, and more than that, it's activated you to, to understand that, first of all, you're blessed, and that, second of all, the kingdom of God is advancing where you put your feet. So what I want you to do now is, first of all, if you are, believe that you're disqualified and this favor is not for you, let's deal with that. I'm going to deal with it quickly. So if you're feeling disqualified, um, okay, let's just bow our heads. I'm going to just pray for you right now. Lord, for those of us that have believed a lie, we declare today, Lord, that we will believe it no more. We thank you, Lord, that we are perfectly qualified through what Jesus did. That everything that has gone before, you loved me so much, Lord, you brought me into this kingdom. You have not just to be saved, but to have life and life in abundance. And I claim that life in abundance right now. Yes, I might not be the polished, finished product, Lord, but you are transforming me through your Holy Spirit. And I claim that right now in Jesus' name. And I'm not going to believe the lies of the enemy that say I'm not good enough. Thank you, Father. And I just pray for joy over you right now in the name of Jesus. Okay, the second one I want to deal with is I want to activate you. So what you're going to do now is you're going to close your eyes and you're going to think. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to thank God for favor over your life that you have had in a specific area where you can say, Lord, thank you for, for, for looking after me in this area, for pouring out favor. Then what you're going to do is you're going to transfer that favor 
over to someone you know who needs it. So you're going to say, Lord, this favor that I have, you've given me. You've given me an abundance of wealth. Lord, I'm going to sow it out. And this person needs it now. And I'm going to pray that, first of all, not just hand them out money, but their wealth would be transformed, that they would get the promotion they need. Because I have favor, I'm going to pass it out. I'm going to sow it. The kingdom of God is expanding. You've got that authority. Your Lord has given you so that you can bless others and sow. You are blessed to be a blessing and all nations will be blessed through you. So let's just pray. And I'm not going to speak because this is you thanking God and then you praying and giving it to someone else.